Hello, everybody. I'm Rose Ross, and I'm the founder and chief trailblazer at the Tech Trailblazers Awards. And I'm here to record a Judges on Fire with our good friend, Ben Keeps from Diversity. Hello. Hello. Nice to see you and chat with you again. Yeah, well, we were just talking about, we actually met at Heathrow Airport back in um, May 2019 to record this, where unfortunately the background noise and the clattering of coffee cups and chatter made it impossible to pick up any of the audio. So I'm sure we'll do a lot better, seeing as life's marched on, Zoom recordings and such like uh, are the norm these days. And the world's a very different place. It's only two years ago, it's a little over two years ago, but the world is a very different place today. Yeah, if only we'd have known, if only we'd have known. But hey, so, you know, Ben, you've been uh, with obviously a little bit of a little um, repose, a little respite last year. You've been with us right from the beginning. And we actually spoke for the first time on Skype. So we were kind of, we we didn't do, we were already trailblazing in communications back then, weren't we? Um, and because I'd reached out to you on Twitter and said, would you mind, you know, getting involved and, and helping us? Um, and you have, which has been fantastic. But just in case people don't know who Ben Keeps is, perhaps you could give us a little quick introduction to who you are and the kind of things that you get involved with on a day to day basis and, and why you're interested in, in being part of the judging panel. Yeah, sure. So um, as people will know, uh, well, since from my accent, I'm, I'm from New Zealand and I'm, I'm down here in New Zealand. But the past, I guess, 15 years, I've been a tech industry analyst or commentator um, and, you know, working, living in New Zealand, but working primarily um, internationally and, and mainly in Silicon Valley. And um, that's encompassed a, a bunch of different things. Um, I was lucky enough to be to be very early on the, on the sort of growth of cloud. And so along with what was then a very small bunch of people who mm. were, were sort of all in on the, on the cloud journey, I um, started talking about the, the early infrastructure players, Amazons and Rexbakers and those sorts of people and, and SaaS. Um, and, and this sort of extended, um, and in recent years, I've done a lot of angel investing. So I'm involved with 30, 40 or 50 different startups in different sectors all around the world. Uh, and I'm also a professional board member. So I, um, I sit on the board, a bunch of different boards, but technology, uh, insurance, um, health sector, manufacturing. So um, I'm not a technologist per se. So my my um, my focus on on technology is sort of the human and business aspects of it. Yeah, fantastic. So I mean, you say that, but obviously you do commentate and you you do quite a lot of. Um, blogging and I guess these days you also send out your newsletter via LinkedIn and they're always I mean there's always a really human element to it I know that um some of the ones recently because obviously we've got a really challenging time at the moment and your view and we talked about it when we sat down at Heathrow Airport as well about a lot of these aspects I think we started to talk about things like well-being and you know you do a lot of stuff sort of around the periphery. I mean, I don't know how you do the directorships, the angel investing and the commentating and sleep, but perhaps because you're doing this at six o'clock in the morning, maybe you don't. So that's that's the secret keep source. <laughs> but um, aside from all that stuff that you do, um, you also have some sort of ways of coping with things because, I mean, you're a runner. You 
you run a lot. I mean, I follow you on Strava and I can hardly keep up with the Strava stuff, let alone being able to do that at quite a, a healthy pace. Has, how, how have you been finding that? Because I think a lot of people have taken up running, haven't they, over the last 18 months? But for you, it, it's something that's been yeah. part of your life for a long time. Yeah, that's right. And, um, uh, you know, I could deeply psychoanalyze and say that the reason that I'm a runner and so focused on fitness is because my father passed away young from a heart attack or whatever. But for whatever reason, I, um, you know, I am, I am pretty, uh, focused on, on staying fit as much as I can. And so, yeah, I run, um, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big runner. I do ultra marathons and stuff like that. Um, and I find I would caveat it by saying that I don't have a day job. So, um, while my LinkedIn looks really, really busy, it can look busy because I don't have a, I don't have a nine to five and maybe the luxury to do lots of things. But, um, I, I guess the flip side of having that much stuff going on is that, um, I need to make sure that I, that I keep things in balance. And so, um, so running is that for me. I, you know, I run every day and, um, I find if I don't run for a couple of days, I bet I get a little bit antsy, a little bit grumpy. Um, and I, I you know, it's, it's interesting. I can, I can have a, you know, really big sort of thorny business problem or whatever that's that's stressing me out, and um, and I'll go for a run, and it all kind of melts away. It gives one a little bit of perspective, I guess, on on what's important and how important things really are or aren't, and and in the scale of things, how much it really matters five, ten, a hundred, two hundred years down the track. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've I don't I did have a go at running. I've always seemed to pick up an injury the two times that I've experienced it. And I certainly I don't know what the, the opposite of an ultra marathon is, but I'm pretty sure that was the area that I was in. Um, but I do splash around in the pool, I do aqua aerobics, and I find that a really good time to think about things. And over lockdown, I've been doing a lot of walking. And again, that's the time when you just all those things that have been on your mind sort of percolate through and sometimes you get a really nice brew at the end of it and sometimes you go me <laughs> let's go for another walk or let's go for another splash in the pool so I think it is really important I think there's something that's come to the fore for people as well and hopefully that's one of the least the small not small positive it's a very positive but a positive thing for a lot of people is that they have started to think about health and and fitness and the importance of exercise whatever that might be whether it's a gentle stroll for 20 50 minutes that whatever out in the countryside or wherever you live even if it's just pounding the pavements or something a little bit more energetic like ultra marathon so there's a whole spectrum of things that people can enjoy yeah no you're absolutely right yeah being active and how that promotes brain because ultimately we didn't spend you know as we've evolved we never really spent very much time sitting at desk thinking about things tapping on the computer just wasn't part of it we are designed to be active that's that's our absolutely that's the way you work right and our bodies are built for that and obviously our minds are built for that as well and we can't can't reprogram that over a couple of generations so we've got to go with the flow (laughs) <laughs> evolution will just have to try and keep up with us um so that's another thing so there's another thing that i think f- fascinating so it, it, on top of the the running or the business interest and i know you're being very generous and saying well i haven't got a nine to five you've probably got a six to nine 
um and then sort of some weekends and doing other stuff um but you also volunteer for the local fire service as well don't you yeah so um <clears throat> we're lucky I, I live in a little rural area in, in uh new zealand and so we've got a little hobby farm or whatever in um in New Zealand, like many other countries, and especially in rural areas, uh, you know, volunteerism is is the sort of lifeblood of of, of community and of society. Uh, and so we moved to this region, this district, and we didn't know anyone. Didn't at that stage, we didn't have kids. Uh, and so the absolute natural thing to do for, for me was to join the the local fire brigade. And I've been I've been a member there for um, for twenty three years um, now. And I mean, it's great, you know, like I, I put in a lot of time and effort and we've had lots of, you know, fires and medical events and car crashes and things like that. But um, but it's also a really rewarding thing to do. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, a lot of camaraderie and, um, you know, you see some horrible things, but, um, you know, you, because of that, you build some really strong connections with people. And so, um, yeah, I really enjoy doing that as well. Yeah, well, it's a part about, as you say, getting that perspective on life as well about what's really important. And there are certain scenarios when everything else pales into insignificance and there is just one job to do, and that's to keep someone alive or to put out a fire that's endangering life or, you know, whether that's human or otherwise. So, yeah, well, so thank you for that. You know, there are lots of people who are doing what you're doing. So, you know, really, really, really appreciate it. Although, obviously, you, you, you'll never get to do a, a direct sort of thing for here. But hopefully you're, you're doing something good for the, the, the greater community. So that's brilliant. So I guess we better talk about the awards, <laughs> although the other stuff is much, it's very, very interesting. Um so we brought on, you know, you've you've been primarily involved with the cloud category. And obviously, when we started this 10 years ago, cloud was still emerging. You know, it was still a little bit edgy and, you know, all, people were kind of yes and software as a service and all this kind of stuff. And, and now obviously bringing it into the whole, you know, cloud native, you know, we've, we've really, you know, accelerated as well the, the digital transformation we're seeing due to the fact that the pandemic has forced us to now all work from home or a lot of us to work from home uh, and the impact that's had on the infrastructure that organisations need to have. But, you know, what what have you seen as being particularly interesting over the last 10 years, say, and what are you sort of seeing, you know, you're likely to be seeing from entrance this year? And just so you know, the cloud category is, is still very popular. Uh, even though it's maybe seen as being a little bit retro these days, perhaps. Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? I think I think that um, you know my lens and the reason why I, I first got interested in, in technology and and um, talking about it and, and stuff you know, fifteen years ago or more was the thing with with cloud as a way of delivering software is that it democratizes things. My my background is um, a small business. You know, I still own and run a a small manufacturing business, and um, what cloud has enabled is that we can we can obtain solutions, new solutions that formerly would have been you know hugely expensive, you know too expensive, too big, too hard. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you know you see those, and, and it's you know I guess my first focus on that was was software as a service, and so so with SaaS, you know taking the, the old days, you had you know SAP and Oracle or Nothing, mm. uh, and 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 now to the days where you've got things like 
you know, zero uh, and all of the add-on solutions and app marketplaces and tiny little point solutions. And I think what happens if I if I reflect back to maybe sort of 2008, that sort of era, it was the start of, um, you know, the first generation of enterprise SaaS was, was sort of Salesforce, Salesforce and NetSuite and those sorts of companies, which were still big enterprise solutions, essentially. And then sort of 2008, you had the, the likes of Zendesk and New Relic and um, Good Data and, and those sorts of companies that were much, much more point solutions. And I think what we'll see in the competitions this year is, is an even finer um, you, you know, winnowing down of solutions where, uh, you know, in the old days, if you were doing simply, you know, simply, if you were doing, you know, an, an employee NPS solution, like you couldn't build a business out of just doing employee NPS. But today you absolutely can. There's probably 500 companies doing different variations of employee NPS. Um, and so I, I expect to see that happening. I think the interesting thing for me, and it's what you know, I'm sure a lot of the companies will be thinking about, is as you get that spread of lots and lots of different point solutions, whether it's infrastructure or software, um, there's this sort of corresponding requirement for for single panes of glass. You know, that used to be the the buzzword, but uh, something to tie that all together, whether it's you know, tying it together by APIs and those sorts of things, or whether it's monitoring or or or, the, or or whatever. So I think that you've got this corresponding thing. You've got this um, much higher granularity of solutions, but you've also got a need to tie those solutions together better. So I think that's what we're starting to see and what we've started to see over the past couple of years. Hmm. Yeah, it will be very interesting. I haven't had a chance to dive in yet, but I'm sure you'll be uh, feeding back on stuff. And, you know, obviously we've we've brought in some new categories. Um, containers, obviously cloud native is one of those. Um, and that that's grown, but the problem we're seeing with that one is we almost lose the, the companies as fast as they enter. Like, Every winner has either had a huge amount of investment or has actually been acquired. So it's almost like there's an acceleration in that whole process now. Because usually, you know, you'd say, well, you know, you've got a a couple of years to develop your hardware, your amazing enterprise tech, you know, flashing lights, the whole shebang. Now, of course, with it being software only delivered via the cloud, accelerated by that whole move to the cloud, people are kind of building businesses, spinning them up, I guess, if we want to use them, you know, yeah. some terminology from the data center or from the cloud itself. I think there's, um, you, you're right, and there's some macro, macro trends that come into that. So I think, again, if I think about the sort of 2008, um, the likes of, of, of Zendesk, for example, you know, they started, they went for a few years, they got a bit of funding, did a few more rounds, you know, took sort of six, seven, eight years and then IPO. Same with New Relic, uh, you know, same with lots of them. What we're seeing now, because interest rates globally are so low and because there's money, just a, an absolute flood of money pouring into, into tech, um, there's just so much funding. And so it gives companies an option to, to stay private longer, it means they can raise more readily. Um, there's some flip sides to that. I mean, I I was very involved in the OpenStack community from 
from day one when it was just a, a project out of rack space. Um, and we saw that gain huge hype, massive investment, um, huge number of startups, and you know, frankly, it was a, a bit of a disaster, and a lot of that money was wasted. So I, I fully expect that you know over the pandemic we have seen because of interest rates we've seen money absolutely pour into tech. I fully expect that a significant proportion of those companies and of that money will will be lost. Um, you know that's you know created disruption. I mean that's that's the way it works. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And I think you're right. Like it's interesting to look back and think about the companies that that did well in previous years. You know the, the awards and, um, and and sort of mapping their journey with uh, the economic cycles um, because obviously you know you know what's perfect is to is to start a company today. When there's huge money, lots of good valuations, lots of funding, but what what about those companies that started around the GFC, like the Zendesk and the like, um, where things were a lot tighter, and sort of mapping their their lifespans to the economic cycles? Yeah, well, we've got a very unusual situation. I mean, we've certainly seen the huge investments into the cloud space, into the cybersecurity space, AI. And, and unsurprisingly, that's reflected in where a lot of the very popular categories are for, for entrance as well. But we do have a couple of new ones, um, and they're actually beyond startups, so out into the ecosystem. So I'd be very curious with your experience of working as an angel investor and you know, advising, I'm sure, a lot of the VC community and a lot of startups themselves. Um, so we, we focused on investment and diversity because those are two areas where we're seeing a lot of activity. I mean, obviously, diversity has been a, a big topic within tech for a long period of time. Um, and we're not just talking about gender or ethnicity. We're looking at the whole um, pardon, you know, the, the, basically anything that could be seen as well, we just want an equal playing field for everybody. And I think that the, the tech will benefit from that and companies will benefit from that because we're getting that, you know, rounded viewpoint on solutions and on the way to do business. Um, but again, in investment terms, uh, one of the things we want to look at is where are we seeing innovative approaches to investment, whether that's bringing people together, sort of almost like lead angels, bringing other sort of mini angels along, those types of things. So, how have you seen that the whole investment space has changed? Because really what you're saying is there were less companies to invest in, say, 10 years ago, um, and they weren't getting as much money, so they weren't getting so much help effectively. Uh, whereas now there's – I mean, if I look at the amount of VCs out there, I mean, if you're a startup looking for funding, I don't know where you start. I mean, you literally could pitch, you know – every day all day for a couple of years and still yep. not have actually pitched every single organization which could potentially be an investor in your business yeah you're right and i think um you know i mean maybe maybe i'm just sounding old and negative but um i do worry about the risks of you know every woman and her dog now being being a vc and being able to raise you know squillions of dollars uh, and, and to do a fund um in the same way that it worries me where everyone can call themselves an angel investor um, and go along to these 
you know, wine and cheese evenings and, and uh, you know, play the game of, of talking themselves up as an investor. And, and I think that what has troubled me for the longest time is the fact the level, the playing field isn't level. And so um, I'm well aware that if I'm wearing my annual investor hat, um, you know, all I bring to the table is a bit of money and maybe a little bit of experience. You know, the, the, the entrepreneur is, is, is bringing their life. You know, they're working 24 hours a day, not sleeping, all of the stress, all of the risk. Um, and, and it really pains me to see, um, you know, angel investors having to be wined and dyed and to invest in companies. I mean, they should be, you know, they're privileged to be able to, uh, you know, ride on that journey for a period of time. Um, and and so I think that you know the same in the VC space. I mean, I yeah, I love you know my VC friends who are smart and helpful and want to you know want to be involved and can t- help take a company to the next next level. Um, but what I don't like is this sort of pump and dump uh, approach where you know someone will raise a bunch of money will will hire. You know, a, a graduate just out of university um, who you know doesn't even shave yet. You know, be they male or female, um, to, to to kind of work, work the phones and make make the connections. And it's um, and that, I mean that that absolutely sounds ageist. And I'm not trying to stop you. Know, I think it's awesome that young people can get into the industry. But um, you know, in a in a in a past life, I I I, I did an apprenticeship. I'm, I'm an electrician by trade. Mm-hmm. And so I really like the idea of of doing your time. You learn a trade, you learn a craft, you learn about the people, you learn about the processes, um, and simply, you know, raising a few million dollars and you know having a shiny MBA or whatever doesn't doesn't give you that experience. And absolutely, that sounds like an old man, you know, clutching onto a, a world that has has, has passed by. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the way the way I think. So I think that um, I, yeah, I think it's great that you're uh, you know that you're extend, ex- extending the awards to to recognise you know recognise investors because they're very they're, they are a very important part of the ecosystem. Um, and and I hope that 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 casts sort of light and clarity as opposed to this sort of superhuman thing. I mean I've I've spent a little bit of time with with Mark Andreessen, Andreessen Horowitz, and um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, he's got a brain the size of a planet. I mean, of a planet, he's he's insanely smart. Um, but this sort of rock star thing that that he's got going on, um, I feel a little bit uncomfortable about it because yes, he's incredibly smart, but he was lucky to be in the right place at the right time. And have other people taking them on the journey. We're all we're all simply a sum of the component parts of, of people that you know have, have helped us through life or, or whatever. And I think that anyone that sort of purports to have have done it on their own and not needed any help um, is probably a little bit fraudulent. I'm not saying Mark Andreessen is fraud is fraudulent, but that that whole superstar VC thing, I feel a bit. Well, I think it's just that own. you know he who wins owns the narrative, right? Yeah, totally. To the winner goes the spoils, and um, yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I sound like a crazy hippie, but um, you know, <laughs> in a hundred years' time, I'm fairly certain that I mean, Mark Andreessen probably does blood transfusion transfusions from fourteen year old, uh, you know, 
uh, Silicon Valley folks, so maybe he will live to 300. But outside of that, I'm pretty sure that him and I will be dead. And, you know, the fact that he was a superstar VC 200 years ago probably makes no difference on the scale of things. And I think it's important to, um, you know, we should strive, absolutely. And, and all, of the, all of the entrepreneurs in the competition are striving every day to be successful. I think it's also important at the same time to realise, um, not that it's futile, but to realise that, you know, this too shall pass, I guess. Mm, very important. Very deep at Chopra there. So I know that <laughs> I've done quite a lot of meditation over lockdown to try and keep everything like, you know, balanced, balanced for sure. But yeah, I think that perspective, shall we say, and, you know, at the end of the day, you meet Rick Mick Jagger and he's just still a guy. Right. Yeah. Or whoever it might be, you know, Beyonce. Yeah. yeah Good finger. Totally. Can, can shake, shake it up, baby. But at the end of the day, we're all human and we've all got to. Yeah. Get on with stuff and be part we're all, of the- we're all broken in our own in our own ways. In our own beautiful yeah. ways, Ben, we're all broken. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And and yeah, I think that's that's the challenge, isn't it? That we've got to it's it's almost like demystify things a little bit. Um and work on partnerships. I mean, that's always been a really big thing from from that perspective that I think that you can bring money to the table, but you need to to be part of the a partnership, really, in that type of thing. And I'm sure Absolutely. as an angel investor with a, a lot of companies, you know, you can love the idea, you can love the team, but ultimately you've got to find a balance where you know that you can support them. And, and as you say, you bring a lot of experience, but I, I think you'd like to feel that it is more than mon- just money that you're bringing to the table. Absolutely. Yeah, I am. I, um... Yeah, I, I tend to, uh, probably because I've got time, I tend to be more involved rather than less in, in my startups. And so what I tend to have is that um, sort of slight feeling of grief when they grow up beyond my, you know, the, the utility of, of the little bit of help that I can give. Um, and so that's, you know, that's kind of a little bit bittersweet. It's like, wow, this, this company's actually gone to the next level. And it's kind of like when your kids leave home, I guess. Um but uh, but it's great, you know. It's it's great to to at some tiny tidbit, tiny level to to help someone to fulfil their dream. Is probably sounds a little bit dramatic, but yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's hard. It's hard work, isn't it? I mean, I think just having people along the way who can kind of keep you positive is really important because it is hard work like you say people are working incredibly hard and that's why we I love doing this because you really do feel that this is a chance for some of them obviously not all of them but for some of them to at least get be acknowledged for all the hard work that they get and you know provide a bit of reward and and I love the whole podcast stuff because I get to talk to everybody you know who's one now which is you know it's supposed to be a benefit for them, but I really enjoy it too. So, you know, that's important. And, you know, all of this, you know, the little parts of this all build up to the, the bigger impact, don't they? If you can just, by one conversation, convince somebody to keep going or just point them in a direction that then become, 
And it's just those little moments sometimes that can make a massive difference. I mean, we've all had them, you know, that I'm going to give up on this. I don't want to do this anymore. And then you have this conversation with somebody who goes, but you're amazing at that. You know, or, or maybe you just need to look at it from this perspective and it can just pivot. Yeah, and and it's, I guess, I mean, it's, I guess that's the, the, the kind of nub of, I, I guess, mentorship. Um, and again, without wanting to be dramatic, like, it's a, it's a real privilege to, at some tiny level, be able to be, you know, a sounding board or, or, or an aid or whatever. And the reality is, is that I don't have the attention span or the energy to do, to do a startup myself anymore. Um, so, you know, to be able to kind of vicariously um, take part in others, uh, you know, is, is awesome and to be able to help in some tiny way on, on the journey is, is, is really great. Fantastic. So, I mean, bearing in mind the fact that you've judged, um, you know, since the beginning, you've got a huge amount of experience. Our entry forms are really focused on almost presenting what you would present to an investor, right? You know, what's your market traction? What are you bringing to the table? What problems are you solving, et cetera, et cetera. What would be your top tips? So, you know, whether people are pitching you an idea or whether they're entering the awards, what's going to make Ben go, oh, I really like that. Yeah, I think that, that, that could, that's got something going on there. Yeah, and so, I mean, my kind of approach to investment is, is the same as my approach to, to, to judging competitions. And I, I guess the important thing to note is that that's because I don't actually know about this, this stuff, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a technologist, I'm not an engineer, I'm not a developer. And so um, while, I, while I understand concepts, I, I can't actually say, oh, yeah, this is a great, you know, you know UI for development, this one isn't so good. Um, so, so I default to the same things, which is, um, frankly, do I, do I like and respect this person and do I think they have the ability to, to execute? And so, um, you know, Obviously, that's easier in personal face-to-face, but that can absolutely, I've, I've read competition entries where, yeah, I could really sense that this was a person that, that thought deeply and, and knew where they were going and was able to get there. So, so that's the first thing, you know, alongside that is, is there a team that, that can execute this. But also, um, and, and it's, a, it's kind of a bit of a, um, a balance point, um, I want... I want to to read an entry or hear a pitch from someone who absolutely understand where their product sits in in a in a broader world or so in a broader sort of technology landscape and can can articulate why that is important, but not to the point where you know they they bring out the whole making the world a better place through intelligent data and analytics claims or whatever you know so. Um, so perspective, you know, ambition, but perspective. And so, um, you know, is, I, I guess is borne out by, by, by what I've said, you know, like, you know, I'll probably err to the sort of humanistic side of things. And so a person who can say, look, I'm absolutely focused on doing this. I am, you know, I think I'm involved with a, with a startup right now, which is, which is kind of a New Zealand take on Okada, you know, supermarket play. Um, and, and the, the founder of that is, and, you know, she's an, she's amazing. She's incredible. She's, totally passionate and totally committed to what she's doing, you know, making money, uh, building wealth, having a big 
you know, steak isn't isn't her focus. This is a problem that she absolutely wants to solve, and she knows the problem backwards. You know, she she comes from a family that's involved in that sector. She's spent three years researching, so she she knows it backwards. So that's the sort of thing that is 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 really easy to get on board with because you've got a person that knows knows what they need to do, isn't focused simply by making a you know by building a billion dollar business because. Um, yeah, um, that's just because that that drops out of executing well. If that is your focus, then 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 something's misaligned. So so those are those are sort of sort of things. I think that it, it is hard because the competitions tend to uh, you know have a you know tech heavy entrant pool, and so um, often um, technologists are a little bit poor at sort of articulating the why um, in terms that. You know, us mere mortals can understand. So, um, I would really encourage entrants to spend some time, um, you know, put their put their entry, you know, past their their, their buddy that's a, a, a tradesperson or an artist or something. You know, you know, get get your mum or dad to read it. Um, try and make sure that it doesn't sound like a foreign language that um, that doesn't connect with people because. You know, when you're building a company, I mean, it's the same. You know, if you're building an enterprise technology company, it comes down to selling a product, and you sell through connection. Yes, the thing that I'm selling has to be able to fulfil the requirement, but there's lots of different products that will do that. Can can you, as a person that's trying to sell me a product, connect to me and and convince me that this is the right thing? And it's the same with your pitching for funding, with your entering a competition, with your selling a product. Or whether you're eventually selling your business to to an acquirer. Yeah, it's um, some good advice there. Some good advice, and a passion is one of the things that uh, it's very hard, I know, to get out on paper. So obviously, there's a little bit of restriction there, but you know, it's certainly something that comes across when we interview the, the winners. There's always a lot of, you know, really dynamic energy around the the founders because that's usually who we we chat to when we uh, do the podcast with the winners so exciting times and we've also got the male and female trailblazers as well where we look at the startup founders and that was very very popular last year so hopefully you might get a chance to to have a peek at some of those entries as well if you've got the time there awesome yeah so exciting times where we've covered an awful lot of ground um I'm just trying to think, is there anything else that you'd like to share that you think is important for, for people to know about, you know, this type of competition or just the space that you're seeing, you know, maybe outside of the, the cloud world? Is there anything else that you see is burning interesting? Well, I think, yeah, so, so I think uh, uh, maybe maybe uh, because I'm getting older, I've become a little bit more philosophical. Uh, so, so appreciation. You know, it sort of struck me just before that 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 we've probably been a little bit lax because um, you know you've done this for you know a decade and you do it for you know at some level there's there's probably a bit of business that comes out of it, but primarily you do it because it's the right thing to do. So I think it's important, and I've, as I say, I've been lax and not and not articulating it previously. It's important to recognise you know what you do um, in terms of in terms of putting the awards on and running them, and, and uh, you know, I know how much how much work it is, and so I think that um, 
you know, I mean, that's my little uh, example there of, um, you know, we probably all need to try a little bit harder to take um, some time out of our day and our, you know, you know, horror and angst that we articulate on Twitter at the drop of a hat to actually show some appreciation. You know, whether it's paying it forward and buying somebody a stranger, you know, a coffee next time you're at a cafe, or you know, thanking some thanking someone who puts in huge amounts of work to put on a competition such as this. I think it's um, you know, it's what separates us from the animals, and it's probably something that we've we've got a little bit. Uh, slack at but i think that maybe out of a pandemic that can maybe refocus us on um on being a little bit appreciative for for our part in the world and for others yeah well it's certainly something that i really enjoy and um, so i get i get payment <laughs> from the passion of everybody and getting involved and being you know involved in you know making a difference um, and you know we, we've we've found that the virtual world has now become a lot more. People understand it, you know. People couldn't understand the virtual war. So there's you don't have to dress up and go and have a dinner, and you know how does that all work? So well, you know, if it's global, how would we expect? You know, New Zealand, well, particularly now because you're not allowed to travel really, mm. not unless you're yeah. back for eighteen months, or you know, people in India or China or. You know, if we're doing where where would we do that where everybody would congregate freely? Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it's another playing field thing. It's kind of like if you have a physical event, you can't invite everybody. You can't have everybody there because there'll be, you know, travel issues, you know, expense. It's not inexpensive to travel around the world, particularly if you're just going on the off chance of winning an award, which Obviously, we see that as beneficial, but I couldn't justify somebody get on a plane in case you get to pick up an award. So now we can do all this stuff a lot more virtually, and the technology is there for us to do a little bit more. So we might well be doing a little bit more. So we will see how that all pans out. But it's been a pleasure, and I, I really wish we got to have a coffee at an airport or somewhere where it wasn't so noisy, so we could have done this, but. This is great too. And thank you very much for acknowledging what myself and the team have been up to because everybody does work very hard in in the background. And we also very much appreciate you taking time and all of our judges who, you know, dedicate their time, volunteer their time to look at, you know, what all of our entrants have been up to. So that's awesome. Thank you, Ben. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. My name is Rose Ross, and I'm here on Tech on Fire, Judges on Fire with Ben Keats from Diversity. And, um, yeah, we are we are chatting thousands of miles apart, all thanks to the technology and a load of enterprise tech at the back end. So if you'd like to find out more, please um, have a look online at www.techtrailblazers.com. Follow us on Twitter. Or find us on LinkedIn. Thank you very much.